0: What's happening, everybody? This is Ryan here for The Scale-Up Show. I have a different guest on today. I do not have a founder or CEO. I have a chief marketing officer of Active Campaign, Shay Howe. Absolutely amazing things that he has done spanning across product marketing, being a business group leader, helped grow active campaign from 100 employees to over 800. And one of the really cool things we talk about is like if you had zero today, starting from nothing and had to build a startup, how would you leverage AI to do that? How uh, internal ai use cases so i really enjoyed my time with shay it was a fun fun conversation that was different than many others that i've had and very very unique and applicable to what's happening with generative ai today Uh, check it out i had a blast doing this one how do you grow like a vc backed company without taking on investors do you want to create a lifestyle business a performance business or an empire how do you scale to an exit without losing your freedom those are the questions and this show is the answer Welcome everybody to the Scale Up Show. This is your host Ryan Staley, and I have a very special guest with me today. I have Shay Howe. Shea is the CMO or Chief Marketing Officer at Active Campaign. He leads marketing, customer activization, partnership, platform strategy, and the postmark teams within the Active Campaign. Previously, helped with startups at Lightbank uh, VC, and then he's had leadership positions across product design at Groupon and Belly. Started off at Active Campaign when they were 100 employees, are now at 800 employees and a global tech unicorn now. Shay, welcome. Happy to have you on the show, man. Ryan, thank you for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, I'm pumped, man. I, I really enjoyed our conversation to kind of kick things off and, and get to know each other. And so I'm excited where this can go. But before we get too deep into it, why don't we do a real quick revenue rundown so everyone understands the stage of the journey that Active Campaigns at. I know you guys are larger from an organization perspective, and I saw you took some funding in 21. So let's just walk through where you guys are at in terms of like, the revenue journey.
1: Yeah, I started. So I put it in perspective. Uh, I've been here about six years. It'll be six years next month. Oh, wow! Yes. Um, yeah, I joined. We were, as you did, just shared, uh, roughly 100 employees. Uh, revenue in the 20 to 25 million range. Um, and the last time we shared, kind of our, our public kind of revenue run rate was about two years ago, uh, and that was north of 150 million now. Significantly more than that. Uh, so, continue to climb up uh, just throughout there.
0: I love that, man. And one of the things I saw too, when when I was digging deeper into active campaign, is it, you have like close to I think it was 840 automations or, or something like that. Which is it, is it something around that? Probably way larger than that from from the time when it was published. Is that accurate with what you guys do? Yeah,
1: I think yeah. So, I think what you're you're probably referencing is the integrations. Okay, um, I'm sorry. Right, yeah. so yeah, in, in, in and the heart of Active Campaign being an automation platform, infinite number of automations you can create based off of different triggers and actions, and the depth of capabilities there truly incredible. Like, I think I'm biased, but uh, <laughs> I would say above industry standards or what most folks would kind of anticipate. Um, core to that is having integrations by which you can start to bring in all the different data from the different tools you use into Active Campaign. We like to do that in what we call kind of a unified data model. So that you're not just bringing data in and then having to figure out how to organize it, what the structure of it is, and you know how do you then go reuse that? We assist with all that, but yeah, getting those data, or excuse me, getting that data in in an organized way uh, allows you to start to take action on it, right? To change your customer experience, uh, to put it into automations, to improve what might be the personalization. And then at the same lens, it also builds automation into tools that may not historically have it, right? Uh, so. Depending on your workflow, it could be, you know, I think most folks are using Slack or uh, Microsoft Teams of the sorts. And certain events are happens. You can send, send messages into those different types of channels, right? Like you can start to layer automation into tools that you historically haven't had them to broadly just increase a lot of your productivity. So uh, no shortage of the automations you can create for sure.
0: Yeah. No, I, I think uh, that, I mean, that was something that struck me because just the sheer quantity, right? Uh, so I thought that was particularly impressive. And then I guess just to, to put on bo- a bow on this, right, because of the size that, of you that you are as an organization, what would you say is like the primary audience that you serve and then like the tangible outcomes that you create? Like two or three sentences. Because people will talk yeah. about this for days if, if I let them
1: <laughs> I, I love that you gave me guardrails because I'm going <laughs> to need them. Um, yeah, and it, it's simplest form, right? We are a marketing automation platform. We include native channels such as email marketing, a CRM, landing pages, forms, but it's, you know, automation is the heart and center of it. The core audience for that, more commonly than not, is a marketer. Uh, that could be the sole entrepreneur who does everything and is a marketer. Mm-hmm. It could be a marketing manager in a global corporation, right? Um, the CRM side also then blends into you're in a sales role. So you could be the sales rep, sales manager, or the CRO. Um, I'd say all those personas are, are using ActiveCampaign on a daily basis.
0: Okay. makes a lot of sense and and I love it. so so let's let's uh, let me let me crawl inside your brain a little bit and walk around there and get some insights from you. So, you know, I love the diversity of your background, spanning across product and then being basically a business unit leader and then marketing as well, even mergers and acquisitions, I believe at at one point. Yeah. So you've very diverse experience. Of all those areas, like what's your absolute favorite thing to do of of those four areas that I just mentioned? Oh, that
1: is such a tricky question. It's um, most of my career, right? It's been in B2B SaaS startups going through hyper growth phases, right? So coming in when there is probably that first round of funding, right? So when I joined Active Campaign, they had raised a round of funding. Um, But in an area where there's still a lot of unknown and gray areas where Mm -hmm. you're not quite sure. We think there's an opportunity over there, but who's going to lead that? How do we organize it? What, like, who needs to get involved? And I love those areas. Like To me, the working in that stage of growth is one where you have to be a bit more of a generalist, right? Where the design background plays at hand, knowing the technical side and being you know, an engineer in my past layers into that. Um, knowing how to take things to market or understand its viability from a product side. It truly is the coalescence of all those that keep me excited, engaged. Um, and the ability to use that right to left side of the brain mm-hmm. yeah. is, is where I want to be. Um, if you told me I had to narrow in or be tightly focused on even in marketing, you just said, hey, all, Shay, all we want to do is performance marketing. And we don't care about the brand. I'd be like, ooh, like, I don't <laughs> know I can do that. Uh, and vice versa, if you like, we only care about the brand. Uh, and we think that organic will drive it through brand and we don't need the performance side. Um, one, I just think there's a lot of missed opportunity there, but two, I think my sweet spot is, is truly the, the overlap in that Venn diagram where we can start to layer those together. So I don't know that I can say one is truly my favorite. Um, I would say marketing is the most challenging um, in that, and it's that... I say that in a sense of I don't I don't mean to discredit design or engineering or product management. I think everything has their own challenges. Um, but from a leading perspective in marketing, everyone's doing something different, mm-hmm. right? Like when it's a team of designers or engineers, we're all using the same tools of the same discipline. But in marketing, it's, hey, this person's focused on paid acquisition. That person's focused on social and community. Someone else over there is in content marketing. Someone over here is on earned media and PR. Like the ideas and conversations of every hour, of every day are different. Um, and that will really stretch, I think just the capabilities one will have or how they think about things. So I can't say one is my favorite, but I can't say one is certainly has been more challenging.
0: Well, let me ask you this. Maybe this is a different way to ask a question because you, you answer that very politi- politically correct, right? Not, as not to offend anybody. Um, yeah. but so what's your ninja skill? What would you say? Like if you could only pick one thing that you're world-class at or best in the, you know of your toolkit um or tool if you will what what's the number one thing that you think you're best at if if you can only pick one what what would you do and uh what do you think you you're exceptional at
1: Ooh. and you mean that in a discipline lens like i got to lead a function
0: yeah i'm not talking about like being a dad or you know being, yeah. being a a guy I mean, we're, we're talking about business here man we're talking about that shit so yeah, yeah. like like from that perspective uh, honestly i think it's
1: um i it's the operations of all of it in a okay. weird way. Like, like, and, and if you had to distill that down, it would be a GM role, a CEO role, or you know what I'm saying. Like, I, I don't know that I would say it is. I want to lead design or product or marketing specifically. Like, the it truly is taking
0: those together, right? Yeah, the orchestration basically of all the different functions, right? So, okay. like, yeah. which is interesting because, like, I think. I haven't led an organization of your size at, at that level. However, like one of the things that I would say that I'm exceptional at is the orchestration of selling to people like that at large mm-hmm. scale, right? So yeah. selling to 18 people or 12 people for a really large revenue size deal and identifying like all the KPIs and all the emotional yeah. triggers that other people want, right? So I can see what you're talking about because that's the first thing that I thought of when it when it comes to that. So all right, well, let's shift gears a little bit. So, you know, one of the things that that has me curious, uh, just based on what we talked about in the pre-show and in some of the things that you're doing, let's say you had to create a startup now, like today's day one, you have all your skills and experience, and let's say you need to do product-led growth, you have no technical debt, uh, and you can leverage AI. How yeah. would you create that startup from the ground up? Like what would be your approach and thought process in terms of designing it and, and creating a solution that the market loves and needs?
1: Yeah. Uh AI is the is an interesting part of that because I honestly think that yeah, if I were to do something like that, it would AI would have to be a piece of that because they, fundamentally we're moving in that direction, right? Mm-hmm. Um to me it would be where is their demand already, right? So uh I probably don't want to do something in a category creation where I'm gonna have to convince some folks that this is something they need. I'm going to look for where where are folks already at, and they just can't find the right solution for. Um, what is, what is the white
0: Like, give me some examples of what you're, not, you know, what you're thinking about or what comes to mind when you, when you think of that. Because I have some ideas myself, but I'd be curious yeah. what, what comes to mind for you.
1: I think ActiveCampaign is a perfect example of this, uh, right? Like where we build out an automation platform that has a depth of capabilities, but it's incredibly easy to use. At the same time, a market is maturing through email marketing. Right, mm-hmm. where they've gotten autoresponders or drip campaigns, and the education has gotten to a point where we're like, what else could I automate, or how do I take this a layer further? Right. So the organic tailwind just behind this met the moment where ActiveCampaign's platform reached a maturity of actually being able to solve it. Right. Um, I would look for that where there is a trend and something is bubbling, uh, and that there's a there's a demand here, and just getting in there. It's you know that idea of we're fishing in a stocked pond. Right. Like we don't have to go out and try and find the fish. It's already there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. So that's the way you would look at it. How would you approach it then from a a marketing or or go to market perspective with that, especially in light of everything that's happened with um, social recently, right? LinkedIn, LinkedIn's algorithm has changed. Twitter is changing with Elon threads just got released you got SEO that's kind of in question with with AI, how that's going to be looked at oh, in the future. Yeah. And so just massive levels of uncertainty in terms of how to kind of approach it. Uh, and then the other thing I forgot to mention is paid paid acquisition has gone up exponentially as well. So how would you approach that from a go-to-market marketing perspective?
1: Yeah, it I'd definitely lean on the product-led growth side of it, right? Like that would be... You know How do we basically turn our customers into our largest advocates to be the word of mouth driver for this? And then what are the ways we can use our product to essentially get in front of others um, in different ways? I won't go too deep in the product let's say, because I think that's, there's a lot being covered there and can be buzzwordy. Right. I think what you're hinting at and is very important is the idea of marketing mm-hmm. is rapidly changing. It's different today than it was a year ago, and that's different than it was the year before. And where I would go is building out more owned channels mm-hmm. uh, where I'm not going to build all of our growth behind social, right be it either organic or paid social. Um, I'm not going to put it all behind uh, you know a, a channel that we don't own. Um, so I would look at things more in the sense of uh, email could be an owned channel, we could build our own community, be it on site versus tied into. Facebook as a community, etc. Um, I would look for the ways where, with so much being stripped away or changing in the movement of algorithms, etc, uh, I would think about how do we build the best customer experience so that it drives its referrals and then how do we own the channels by which all of that happens. Um, I would experiment, explore other ones, but I would not lean on them to build the business through and through.
0: Yeah. No, that makes sense. I mean, there's so much uncertainty. I, I've seen that. Like, let, let's take LinkedIn for example. <clears throat> I had a rhythm down earlier this year, and like my social growth was exploding. And then all of a sudden, like I had LinkedIn's like, oh, we we <laughs> we introduced this awesome algorithm. It's gonna make everything better. It's it's kind of like the equivalent of like when a company rolls out a new comp plan and they're like, yeah, this, you're going to make way less money, but it's better (laughs) for you. Right. Like it's kind of like that. They're like, Oh yeah, it's more customized, more specific. Mm -hmm. And then you look at it and I literally had the same posts from, you know, cause you could repurpose certain posts that would do really well. And the post got maybe 3% of the views, like a month and a half later. And I was like, Whoa, this is big. Right. And so I get what you're saying. I'm a huge believer in referrals as well. I think it, referral-led growth is one of the most underrated categories or not categories, okay. areas that people focus on. I think the reason why is because it's not just a lever pull or it's not just an automation. There's like, it's, there's the emotional experience, the product experience, and then mm-hmm. integrating that all and orchestrating that with like incentives and timing as well. Right. So it's yeah. kind of like a delicate dance in my opinion. I don't know. Do you agree or disagree on that?
1: No, I totally agree on all of it. Um, you know, uh, comment on the first part of it. We have someone on the team who every week would basically get 100,000 impressions in LinkedIn off their post. Uh, Exact same story you just shared. Algorithm changes. Now they might get 10,000. About 10% of what it was, right? Um, And it's understanding why and how to rebuild some of that. Also a challenge. Um, Also in an area too where I wouldn't hinge all that on one person too, right? Like you got to build a team that's able to do that and spread right, that out right. so that, you know, if you lose a key influence or something that, it, that it can change. Um, and then the, even uh, yeah, that referral side, one of the key pieces of active campaign and kudos to the team that a lot of this was in place even before I got here was just the affiliate program. Uh, started early and saying, Hey, there's some key customers that have joined. They're telling others, let's start to recognize and reward them. Um, and set up a, just an affiliate program way back in the day, even self-built the platform because there weren't affiliate tools uh, (laughs) in those days. And that today contributes roughly 20% of revenue. Uh, And that's, that's not small. Like that's not. No, I mean, it's significant,
0: man, especially at your size. 20% is a lot of go. It's a lot of cash. So yeah, I mean, like Tesla actually had nine versions of a referral program. I don't know if you know that or not. I did not know. And then I think Dropbox got 30, 33% of the revenue from referrals and actually Slack got 95% of their users from referrals or something like yeah. that. So
1: Dropbox did incredibly well, right? Like they, they took the idea of product-led growth and referrals and married those two, right? To where they had the idea of, if I refer someone to Dropbox, I will get more storage space and they'll also get free storage space. I even heard stories of people in those days taking those referral links and running paid ads. Uh, Because they're like, (laughs) I will pay. I will pay for someone to get referred through a paid ad, be it through SEM. Uh, And then I just, in perpetuity, have free storage space. Like, I just got to run a few ads. (laughs) I mostly get free storage.
0: That's That's like That's kind of awesome you know, it's kind of weird at the same time, but it's awesome that someone would take that and just like, screw it, man, I'll I'll just run some paid ads. But but if you got people running paid ads on your behalf, because it's, it's that lucrative, then it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, they did a double sided referral program, which I think Mm -hmm. was foundational to that. So let's shift gears a little bit. All right. We talked about that. I'd love your approach with the owned aspect of whether it be online or offline communities and then email, which which makes so much sense. So um, let's talk about AI a little bit deeper and use cases for it, business use cases for AI. So what are, I guess, the top, let's say three best use cases you see internally for leveraging AI? Mm -hmm. And then where do you see the future of this going with marketing? So let's let's start off with the internal aspect first.
1: Yeah. So I give you like three ways I'm seeing AI. I don't know whether we're using it even. Um, And I think folks are probably doing this a little bit differently. But um, one is everyone's doing this, right? It's the content generation, the editing side, right? So Mm -hmm. um, and, and for us, we're doing that in ways where very cautious on the SEO end of it, right? We don't want to use AI to write all of our content to basically be our blog because that's just a collation of what's already out there and it's going to be a little mute, right? So for us, it's, hey, let's use it to write ad copy. Let's test headlines through it. Let's get it to do social media posts. Let's write chat bot scripts. Let's do translations. Let's do emails through it. Things like that, right? Where we're not thinking about organic as a channel there. Um, so content generation has been a big piece of it. The other side is just the research and brainstorming side, right? So uh hey, go compare us to others in market, uh, or tell me more about this vertical. Uh, or hey, we we need launch plans, or we want an example report for something. Um, we're trying to name a product, give us a bunch of ideas on that, uh, give us design suggestions, go find influencers, right? Like there's just a bunch of research happening there. Um those two ends of it, the content generation, kind of the research and brainstorming side, I think are interesting. Um, for me, more of the power has been around using generative AI for true insights, right? So where I can just, we run a survey, and I feed it all the data, and I say, summarize it, right? Give me, give me the trends, give me the themes, and then the ability to talk to it in a sense of, well, give me an example of that, uh, like unpack that, or... Who else said something similar to that, and what are the attributes of them as compared to the base? Uh, so, an example of this where we've done this has been in uh, our attribution, right? So, you sign up for Active mm-hmm. Campaign. There's a just a text box that's going to ask you, "Hey, how would you hear about Active Campaign?" It's not a drop down. It's not a checkbox. You just tell us, and I'll take all of that, feed it to AI, and let it start to give us the insights. Um, we can then feed that alongside our first and last touch or multi-touch attribution and start to get better trends or themes of not only are you telling us where the key or critical moment was of how you found out about us, but we're also using the data we own and understand to actually get a full weave of what that actual customer journey was. Um, so I, I geek out about the insights side of where AI is playing oh, yeah. um, more than maybe the, the content generation or elsewhere.
0: I'd leveraged that too, man. I love that. Did you use code interpreter for that or a different tool? Uh,
1: no, nothing fancy. Honestly, it's, it's barred. It's, uh, chat GPT, like the open AI side of it, like just feeding it in and just talking to it. Um, did you,
0: well, did you use code interpreter within chat GPT or no,
1: mm-mm. no, no. You, can, okay. you can just copy, you can copy and paste it in. Uh, so check
0: that out, man. Yeah. That'll, that will be something that could help you out. So you got the, whatever the $20 and you might even be looking at the enterprise version now, but code yeah. interpreter is basically a data analyst option that you have for data specifically. And then, so you could do that more through the data analyst lens or a data scientist lens. And then you could also have it orchestrated into graphs, charts, all that stuff. I don't know if you knew that yeah. or not, but.
1: Yeah. No, and right, I'm not explicitly using code interpreter to do it, but you just ask it. Like, give me, give me the table of that data, right? Uh, yeah. Build that into a graph. Like it, it'll just do it.
0: Yeah. I, I think it's awesome. I mean, like. And I'm starting to ask people more because like I'm finding use cases and the more people I talk to, the more ideas that that I find are out in the market that are are individualistic, not individualistic, but individual company use cases. Like uh, another example, another guest had on that. One of the things they did really to um, exponentially help the sales organization is basically they took through their own internal AI engine. They created one. They took all their product docs. And what happened was sales used to ask product all the time like, what does the customer mean by this? What do they need for this? And they're like, they get 80% of it done now just by through like leveraging that in a chat tool. So like things like that, things about what you're talking about. You know, there's so many use cases, it's wild, right? Yeah, I
1: even have a friend building out a tool very similar in that, um, take all your internal help docs, even go into Google docs, go through, Gong recording of calls, go through the CRM, go through all the enable materials you have, and then use that to fill out RFPS uh, or to answer very specific questions while you're actually on with a customer, uh, Mm -hmm. pitching them. So it's, um, yeah, the 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 tools there are getting quite powerful and kind of interesting.
0: Oh yeah, I mean it's it's crazy. So so let's talk about this. Like so, moving like continuing to move forward, how is this going to completely or not completely change the landscape of marketing? How is AI going to change the landscape of marketing over the next two to three years?
1: I mean, it's, it's happening, right? Like, um, I don't even know that I can predict all of the ways it's going to happen. I feel as if we are, we're in the first half of the first inning of this one, honestly. Um, even when I do just organic, for example, I do a Google search. The, first page is nothing but a generative AI response from Google right now, right? Um, and that is on everything. Uh, that That's a m- fundamental shift, uh, even in how you're going to have to think about how do you build out more brand reputation and authority there? Uh, I think thought leadership is going to actually really start to evolve and folks are going to have to find ways to going to be the seo where you're just identifying someone's intent through search and then addressing it like you're going to have to do more to build true authority and market uh so that then the algorithms actually start to place you in different ways through generative content right like where the reputation or validity of that stands a little higher so it's it's changing i cannot say all the ways it's going to evolve i just don't think anyone knows the yeah. best guess is right now um but i think that's where i go Own channels more thought leadership or just owning the the odds and ends of it and the referral components as we were saying earlier, right? Like that will be a true owned channel for a lot of folks, but it's, I think the trick is going to be where, where can that AI side, what opportunities will it open that we have not yet seen that the first mover is going to have strong advantages in, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's where I'm starting to think or poke a little more.
0: Yeah. No. Yeah. I think that, I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, so with the own channels, because uh, like that is so true, right? If if content, the cost to create content is democratized and the ease of use of it happens, there's going to be a lot more of it out there. So there's going to be way more crap mm-hmm. to cut through, right? Um, so what have you seen, right? Because you, you have a massive depth of looking through your platform and internally for the best ways for companies to acquire, let's say, own channels, right? Like, what's the best strategy and tactics that you've seen for someone to acquire to own channels, whether it be community or uh, email uh, and and would love to hear your thoughts on that.
1: Yeah. The content is you said, like getting democratized, right. Um, They're going to have to start to think more about what, what is really valuable then. Right. Uh, Mm -hmm. If I can go to Google and and largely type in in an inquiry and, You know, and Google's moving from this idea that it's an index where you have to click on things to go try and see if you can find results to just being, oh, here's your answer, right? Um, You got to think a little bit deeper around how do you provide generally valuable information? And in many ways, it's non-promotional, right? Like, I'm not here to necessarily sell you something. I'm here to help you, right? To teach, to educate, and to do that based off insights, learnings, experiences... Active campaign has from, you know, our 185,000 paying customers, right? Like there's an advantage we have to that, that we can start to distill that down into things that no one else has. uh, Mm -hmm. And certainly Google has not put together. So yeah. How do we, how do we get away from infotainment or just like the cursory knowledge of, you know, anything else you could find online to what is truly original, but genuinely valuable. Right. Um, the probably starts to look at things that are a little more verticalized, right? So not just speaking at such a high level, but it's verticalized into that. We're speaking stronger to whom you are and what you're doing. It is something that is practical, right? Like it's not going to be uh, airy in language by which you read it. And you're like, all right, I guess like, sure, like good idea. Uh, but like how, right? And that then backs into making it actually truly actionable. Right? Like here, here's how you put this into action. Not just here's the the idea or the lesson, but here's how you also implement it, or how this can be valuable to you. And if you do that down into a verticalized lens, you can actually probably get to a pretty personal level of content that is more human to them mm-hmm. uh, in a way that it resonates and you know, it's, it supports you more than, hey, here's here's what Chat GPT said about this, and uh, right. we edit it, we changed some of the words as to make it look somewhat original, or organic to us, but really. It's just mush of other things on the internet right now.
0: So do you think that's going to accelerate the need for like marketers or leaders to be exceptional storytellers to, to differentiate yes. that? Like, do you think that's going to just change the game on what's required? Like table stakes basically are going yeah. way up on that to cut through.
1: Yeah. I, yeah. The, the storytelling, the ability to put together a narrative. Even the ability to just educate, right? Like, um, is not going to be as much as to just share here's here's an idea and here's the expected outcome of that or what the value to you might be, but it's going to have to be one of, and let me help you implement that. Like let's actually step through what that looks like in your business uh and how you could start to see some of these results. Um there's there's a skill set to that, truly, right? Mm-hmm. Um I think. Some of the most humbling times in my career has been when I've been trying to teach someone something right and they ask me why or how does that work And I'm like it just does i don't know it's from experience. like it's always worked that way for me, but to truly start to understand and, and unpack that it you know you learn a lot through that teaching side so I think there's a, a true skill set there
0: yeah yeah it, I mean there's definitely an art to it I think like I saw a stat recently that I think the with the new buyer expectations that close to eighty percent of and there was an age demographic, I think it was like 26 to 40, expect like a mission or a why, like Mm. a purpose-driven approach for companies. And only 36% of companies are actually executing on it. Right. And so that goes into that narrative, the whole why, you know, start with why with Simon Sinek and everything like that. So I think that's a, a, a good call out right there. So.
1: It's interesting. I was watching, um, I, uh, I love to cycle and be it when it snows or the weather goes, poorly. I'll use an indoor trainer and I use a, it's a kicker, which is made by Wahoo. And mm-hmm. uh, they just released a new version of it. And I was watching one of the review videos last night. This also tells you a lot about marketing. It's a review video by two triathletes on YouTube. Okay. It's not, like I didn't even see this from their own channels or marketing, right? Like it's an influencer sharing this. And in their review of it, they talked about the packaging and how it's eco-friendly. doesn't use a lot of plastic, doesn't use a lot of cardboard. I remember watching you. Like this has nothing to do with the product, but somehow (laughs) I'm like I also like that's good to know. Like like there's there is a care there in the environment, right? Um, But after I get it and set it up, I'm not. I'm never going to think about that again. Like it has nothing to do with this product, but uh, it does tell me about the organization and their values, and that's someone I want to support and get behind, right? Like that stuff matters.
0: You're like that's that's a good person. I would buy that. You know what I mean? It's kind of like (laughs) totally, yeah. That subconscious, like, ah, oh, well, they're doing the right thing. I'll pay a little more. Or, like, yep. you know, like that's the like internal thoughts that people have when they're looking at things like that. Like, and we don't have a lot of time to unpack this, but like, like, um, Deathwater, right? Like, they created what, like a $300 million company or billion dollar value wow. company wow. out of being so freaking good at marketing that they could sell like yeah. the one of the largest commodities on earth for what? 500 percent 600 percent what's normally sold,
1: yeah. No, it's there, even though just murder your thirst tagline. Like, <laughs> uh, I see people wearing liquid death t shirts, oh, sweaters, death. like, not death yeah. water, liquid death,
0: right? Yeah. Liquid death.
1: They have an entire merchandise line now. Like, uh, I, I bet you that's not like, like I wouldn't laugh at the revenue they're making from that. Like, it's oh, not bad, they're
0: crushing it, man. They're absolutely crushing yeah. it. So Anyways, well, Shay, I can talk with you probably for another hour or two on this. Unfortunately, we're up on time. So, where can people find you more about what you're doing and some of the things? And then, Active Campaign too. Like, where can they check out the platform and the company and what you guys are bringing to the market?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, easiest way to keep up with me would be on LinkedIn. Uh, it's just Shay How on LinkedIn. Uh, fortunate to have some of a unique name there. So, uh, yeah, just Shay How, and then Active Campaign would be ActiveCampaign.com. Um, I encourage everyone. We had free trials, uh, tons of educational learning materials on the site. Check it out. Um, go in there. You'll start to see a depth of just how to bring automation into your business that would truly unlock some superpowers. Um, I, the way I've described folks is you just get extra marketers in the room through it. Right. Um, so test it out, use it, and then send me your feedback. What, What did you like? What did you not like? Um, Part of what I love is just staying close to our customers and our partners. So, would welcome anyone to share their feedback as well.
0: I love that, man. Well, I really enjoyed this as well, and and thanks for being on the show. Yeah, Ryan, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, it was fun. All right, and we will see you on the next episode. Thank you for checking out the Scale Up Show. My mission in life is to help founders and revenue leaders avoid all the pain and suffering